0: Hey everyone, my name is Artaj Godowal, and I want to welcome you to the second episode of the No Voices Left Unheard podcast. Today we'll be diving into the topic of racial discrimination and colorism on a global scale, and again I'll be discussing resources and petitions at the end of this episode for those who are interested in making a change in the world today. With every global issue discussed by the No Voices Left Unheard podcast, there'll be an anecdote or story of an individual who has faced the issue at hand. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the story of Sunday Yabrit. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Before we get into today's story, I need to provide you guys with some background information about North and Sub-Saharan Africa for the few of you who are unaware. North Africa includes the countries of Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt, and is mostly comprised of indigenous populations who have become Arabized. These countries are comprised of the Sahara Desert and locations north of the Sahara where the majority of the population is of a lighter complexion. While on the other hand, Sub-Saharan Africa comprises of many countries south of the Sahara Desert that are of a diverse ethno-linguistic background and are usually darker in complexion in comparison to North Africa. This distinction between these two regions is so important to understand because it dictates who are part of the modern-day slave trade that occurs around the entire continent of Africa. Now, let's get on to the story. Sandy was a 32-year-old man who lived in the Benin city of Nigeria. In February of 2016, Sandy decided to leave his home city to embark on a 2,500-mile journey to the shores of Europe. He had heard from friends on Facebook that there were a plethora of jobs he could choose from to be able to make a steady living there. Sandy was able to trek through the vast and harsh desert of the Sahara before he made it to the southern border of Libya. Once he reached this border, he was met by an extremely friendly taxi who offered him a ride to the capital city of Tripoli for no cost at all. Tripoli is on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, so the ports of Europe would only be one boat trip away once he arrived to the city. Instead of being one step closer of achieving a better life for himself in Europe, he was sold to a white Libyan for the price of $200 to be exploited for labor and even ransom. Once he was captured, he was branded with the number 3 on his face with a fire-heated knife as a form of cruel punishment as well as clear identification for Libyan captures. Sunday worked with many other Sub-Saharan Africans as forced laborers and described how black captives were treated as livestock and even said it was if we weren't human. He was sold and resold as if he were some piece of junk until he was finally able to escape the cycle of modern day slavery. He described how if you refuse to work, you were beaten. If you run away and get caught, then you could be even killed. The sad reality is that Sunday is one of 650,000 sub Saharan men, women, and children who have been put into the cycle of modern day slavery by white Libyans and many other North Africans. Many of these people are already trying to flee war and some form of persecution in their hometown, so being put into slavery when you're trying to receive a better life in Europe shows how inhumane some Libyans and North Africans are for viewing Sub-Saharan Africans as property just based on their skin color alone. And the fact of the matter is, is that this issue isn't going to stop anytime soon. Although the European Union recognizes the cruel slave trade that is going on with Sub-Saharan Africans who are trying to reach Europe, they still put in policies trying to limit and potentially stop people from arriving to the shores of Europe. Also, the power that white Libyans and other North Africans hold solely because of their skin color is what keeps them in power and allows the slave trade to be justified in Africa. Although the issue of modern-day slavery is the biggest form of racial discrimination today, there are so many other forms of racial injustice in other parts of the world. Another region of the world where people of African descent are true to are in some countries of South America. In Brazil especially, where there are almost 15 million Afro-Brazilians, Black populations in major cities such as Rio de Janeiro are compacted into areas called favelas. These favelas are known as slums and the government neglects any form of funding to these areas of these cities. In fact, during the 2014 World Cup in Rio, the city put billions of dollars towards getting the city ready for the World Cup and almost none towards improving the conditions of the slums that many poor black families are forced to reside in. They even put a large wall between the highway and the favela so incoming guests from the airport would not see the squalid conditions of the favelas. The fact that they recognize the issue with favelas yet choose to put no money towards it just shows the discrimination towards the poor black families who are forced to live there. In many other South American countries like Bolivia with a higher indigenous population, people who are a mestizo or a European descent tend to hold more power and deem indigenous populations as inferior. The power that these light-skinned people have go as far as taking land away from native populations who have lived there for centuries and redistributing it to the more privileged. South America has a diverse racial and ethnic composition that causes many countries to be subjected to blatant racial discrimination. Aside from the discrimination of Blacks in almost every region of the Earth, the issue of colorism is one of the biggest problems of today's society because of how widespread it is. The sad reality is that colorism affects almost every community and creates an environment where the people who do have a darker skin tone are the ones who are looked down upon and in many cases discriminated against. This issue spreads across almost all regions of Asia where people take extreme measures to have the lightest skin possible. In countries such as Thailand, dark skin has mainly been associated with someone who works in a field and with rural poverty. On the flip side, lighter skin is associated with someone who has a more comfortable and more modern lifestyle. The distinction alone is what causes skin color to be a sign of societal class in much of Asia. The sad reality is that unlike in Western countries where almost anyone is able to work their way up class-wise, people in Thailand who are born into a dark skin and rural labor-conditioned family are almost never able to receive jobs because of how much skin color defines self-worth and self-image in the country. Skin-lightening commercials and celebrity figures who have extremely pale skin in countries like Thailand and even India is what creates the need for many people to lighten their skin tone and be accepted by society. This gap that has been created due to skin tone even extends to how people choose friends and how people view some of their family members. One example of this can be seen on an arranged marriage website in India where there's a section where people can put that they would like a match with someone who has lighter skin, meaning that anyone who has darker skin is ruled out in their mind. Recently, a famous Indian American figure named Priyanka Chopra has condemned the killing of George Floyd and expressed how justice must be demanded to those who have been innocently killed by cops. But many people did not take her comment positively. People are saying how she has promoted skin lightening creams and been in skin lightening commercials in the past, yet now cares about colorism and systemic racism. The fact that promoting and desiring lighter skin has been rooted in many Asian cultures and communities is a reason why it has become a norm for many Indian celebrities to promote it, and the fact that there's celebrities that people look up to is the sole reason why it has become desired among the general Indian public. Unlike almost any other continent on Earth, Europe has one ethnic group that is constantly discriminated against and people have an unfavorable opinion on. This group is the Romani who are an Indo-Iran ethnic group that have migrated to Europe where almost all of them reside today. Due to the Romani's distinctive non-European features, it's easy for Europeans to identify who is a Romani. In 2019, there was a public opinion poll taken that shows that 83% of Italians have an unfavorable view of the Romani people. It's so insane how Italians and other Europeans have negative views on a whole entire people group or have been constantly discriminated against just for their existence in Europe. In the Czech Republic, There was even an anti-Roma protest in 2013 just because he wanted to assimilate into Czech society. Almost no European country wants to take in this innocent ethnic group, so they have to keep migrating and doing what they can to survive. Although they have created little communities within many Eastern and Southern European countries, they will never have the possibility of creating their own region, or let alone country where they would be able to live peacefully. With all that being said, it may honestly be a lot to take in. From modern-day slavery in Africa to blatant colorism worldwide, it may seem a bit surreal and something that couldn't happen in today's society. But all this is real life, and I hope that you look at the resources and petitions that I have linked below to help end the slave trade that is going on in Africa, and get all those involved charged for the cruelty they have done to so many innocent lives. I've also linked some resources about anti-racism in the Western world because all that have occurred in the past few months in regards to systemic racism makes us realize that we are far from being a racism-free society and the American public has a lot to do before we reach a time where systemic racism does not remain within our society. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and I hope you join us for our third episode on government corruption.